Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. We're going to find out ways to clean up our act, keep our hospitals safer and environment cleaner. Now, washing seems like a fundamental thing that we've been doing since, well, we started really caring about our appearance. Animals do it, we do it too, but now we have washing machine. But there's a lot of things that a washing machine can do, and there's a lot of ways it can potentially harm our environment and also contribute to health impacts too. This week's in Washing Machine Science. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. Washing machines really are a time saver. And when you think about the modern world, keeping your clothes clean from everything that comes in contact with them can be, very simply, a matter of popping it in the washing machine, turning on the dial, and coming back in a few hours. Now, the benefit of modern washing machines is that they're also using less and less energy, and traditionally, they were heating water up to a very high temperature, spinning it around for a very long time, and that process was combined with soap, making sure that those clothes came out sparkly and clean. But in some environments, you actually need to do a little bit more than that. For example, in medical applications like hospitals, nursing homes, or other places where you have a lot of human bodies coming into contact with sheets, with clothing, you name it, then these are people who are sick and people who have any sorts of medical issues. There's all kinds of things that might get onto those pieces of clothing or fabric that need to be cleaned pretty thoroughly. And so in these places, they tend to actually have pretty powerful and high-strength washing machines, industrial or commercial-scale laundry machines, which heat them up to pretty high temperatures and add in all kinds of disinfectants. And this is done to make sure people stay healthy and safe, no matter what they came into contact with in the sheets or in the hospital gowns or any other fabric surface. It can be kept clean for the next patient or visitor in that hospital bed. Now, that's all well and good, but in a case in Germany that was being investigated at the University Hospital and the University of Bonn, they kept finding this rare strain of resistant bacteria popping up in the neonatal intensive care unit. And where this was coming from was incredibly odd. And in fact, the source of this bacteria didn't go away until they removed the washing machine that was being used in that area. Now, a lot of times people talk about drug resistance or superbugs in hospitals. And this is a pretty special case of it. Once a superbug infection can take part of an hospital, it can be very hard to try and root out where exactly it's coming from and get rid of all of the things that it might be hiding in, every kind of surface. For example, that's why nickel is often and brass are often used as any metal contact surface in a hospital, because it's pretty difficult for any bacteria or pathogens to live on nickel. Likewise, cleaning and scrubbing down a hospital is pretty hard, sometimes particularly with a bad infection or in an old hospital. It's often easier to knock down the whole thing and rebuild it rather than trying to figure out exactly where all this infection might be hiding. But in this case, in the University of Bonn, they actually managed to find it pretty quickly because unlike most of the rest of the other places in the hospital, this particular area in the neonatal intensive care unit was actually only using some small, normal residential style washing machines. And not for everything, just for a few specific items, stuff because of their relatively small size and and frequent use, didn't need to actually be washed in the huge industrial processes. Now, often, when a baby is born premature, they're placed in incubators. You'll have seen these boxes, and this has helped to keep their body temperature up and to help them breathe. But even with all that modern technology and heat lamps, these babies can actually lose heat pretty easily. 
So they often are put into snug hats or other gloves or feet booties. And this is meant to keep them warm and prevent their radiated heat loss, as well as looking pretty cute. Now, all of that requires specially knitted clothing, and this clothing is incredibly small. So you're not going to throw that into the really large, overpowered industrial cleaning machine. So what they did was actually put it into a, just a normal residential washing machine. And so far, so good. So what actually would be the problem of doing that? Well, the problem with most of these washing machines is they're trying to be more and more energy efficient. And that means typically now most modern washing machines that you buy will, to save energy, reduce the temperature of the water going into it to well below 60 degrees. And you might say, well, great, it's saving on your energy bills. But the problem is that that low temperature makes them less lethal to any pathogens, which means that any microorganism can persist not only in the clothing themselves, but they can actually take up residence in the machine, especially at those reduced temperatures. And this is pretty bad, because if you have a bacteria like K. oxytosa, which is basically a certain type of bacteria that could lead to some actually pretty serious issues, but what they found in the case here is that the infants in the intensive care units were actually being colonised with this bacteria, but not infected which means the pathogens were harmlessly present, but they hadn't actually invaded the tissue, mostly because they were being put on as a hat, rather than actually being something into an open wound. But obviously you can imagine this being much, much worse if there were any of those around. And the issue with this particular pathogen is that it's actually a multi-drug resistant pathogen, meaning it's actually very, very difficult to kill. So it's one of the things that you really, really want to get out of your hospital as fast as possible. And one of the reasons why K-oxytosa is pretty multi-drug resistant um, is because it has enzymes in it that disable certain types of antibiotics called beta-lactams. And that is a pretty difficult case to actually solve. So the, once they detected the presence of this particular pathogen in the intensive care unit, they were quickly trying to sort out every possible cause that they could find. Ultimately, after a lot of hard work to try and figure out where the cause of this transmission came from, because at first, they assumed that the pathogens were coming in on the clothing of the care workers. But it was actually, originally, probably were disseminated to the clothing during the washing process, probably via the residual water left in the rubber mantle of the washer, or coming into the material through the final rinsing process. And then that final rinse is typically unheated detergent-free water. So it comes through the detergent compartment, it comes down and goes through. Now the problem is, if any of these all are great places for a pathogen to hide out, there's low heat, there's no presence of any detergent, so it's actually a perfect environment for these pathogens to just chill out, wait for the next opportunity, and then go out in the next batch of clothes. Now, this is a pretty interesting case because it actually shows the dangers for not only hospital applications, which of course is a big deal, but applying it to your same everyday life, if you're running a normal washing machine, normally at always low temperatures, then in all of this residual water that exists in your washing machine probably and hasn't been drained out of the sump or as part of that cleaning flushing process or maybe in your detergent tank, all of these areas could harbour pathogens that actually aren't getting flushed out and aren't being killed because the water you normally run through it actually isn't getting hot enough. So this implies a, probably some thoughts that need to go into changing washing machine design to make sure you 
can prevent the accumulation of residual water, which could harbour microbial growth, which could later go on to contaminate clothes. Now, all of this research was actually published in the Applied and Environmental Microbiology Journal, which is a journal put out by the American Society for Microbiology. And it's actually a very interesting case that was really gotten to the bottom of by Dr. Schmidhausen, the senior physician at the University Hospital, the University of Bonn. And it's really going to show and push for ways for not only hospitals, but also people in everyday life to think a bit more about the appliances that they use in their life and making sure that they're giving them a thorough clean. Now, for everyday life, where you don't actually try to rid multi-drug resistant bacteria or pathogens from your washing machine, occasionally doing a warm temperature wash with some type of cleaning agent, not any clothes in it, would actually help a fair bit to make sure you can kill off anything living inside your washing machine. This is some great work published in the Applied Environmental Microbiology Journal from the University of Bonn. from the, one of the world's biggest health problems, which is in fact multi-drug resistant bacteria, to another major problem facing the planet, and, and that is the rise and rise of plastic or microplastics in all of our waterways, whether that be rivers to oceans. Now, microplastics are incredibly small pieces of plastic, and they're actually one of the major forms of pollution in our waterways at the moment. You might often think of plastic pollution, that's maybe a plastic straw or maybe a plastic bag, but actually tiny pieces of plastic are actually the bigger issue because they can come from a number of sources, large objects ground up into small pieces or a number of other odd places. Basically any synthetic or plastic substance will shed these microplastics over time. They'll run off and be not filtered or caught or cleaned up and end up concentrated in certain areas, particularly in our marine environments because they're small enough to be carried downstream all the way out into the ocean. Now, new research led by Newcastle University has been working with industrial giant Procter & Gamble to try and figure out how to limit the amount of microfibre and microplastics being produced by another everyday activity. And again, washing clothes, coming back to. And you see, the thing is, when we wear a lot of synthetic clothes like nylon, polyester and acrylics, they're great and provide a nice comfortable fit and give you some fast fashion. But all of these fibres in these fabrics are very small and it's actually very easy for them to be flaked off or chipped off during the washing process. So you go, no, okay, well I'm just going to wash my clothes gently. After all, that's the purpose of the delicate wash. You see, you put any of your delicate clothes in one of those little bags and you turn the knob or dial or button all the way to set it to delicate mode. And what it does there is less vigorous spinning, but it actually does a lot more water to assist the cleaning process. Now, researchers have been trying to figure out which of all of these is actually the different types of washers available are the ones that produce the least amount of microplastics. And what the researchers found, including lead researcher, PhD student from 
University of Newcastle, Max Kelly, was it was quite counterintuitive because you see, when they analyzed these results from running sample tests using sample washing processes where they adjusted the temperature, the vibration speeds, the spin rates, the water flow in a thousand milliliter volumes at a time, they actually found that the one that was worst for producing plastic microfibers that would obviously then run off and downstream was actually in fact the delicate cycle. And this is flies in the face of any common logic because of course you expect the delicate cycle to be more delicate on your clothes and you don't end up with big rips and tears or seams coming loose and that's certainly true but on the micro level it actually means that you have a large volume of water rushing over the surfaces of your clothes and that means that more and more of these little fibers are being plucked away now it's not visible damage that you would notice so your clothes look great freshly cleaned and not damaged from a more vigorous rosh. But actually, on the micro level, they are actually more damaged. They pluck away more of these microplastics and microfibers that then flow out through the outflow of the washing machine. Now, this is actually pretty interesting because it means that if you want to minimize the amount of microplastics produced by your clothing, then you shouldn't always use one of these delicate washers. In fact, any wash that has a large volume of water flowing through it is worse than one that's maybe more efficient with the water flow. For example, if you pack your washing machine more full and don't use the delicate wash setting, it actually has a significantly less microplastics released as part of that wash which makes sense. There's less water flow over each of those surfaces, which means, of course, that you end up with less of this tear away of all of the surface level microplastics fibers from your clothing. Now, of course, that may not be so good for preserving your clothes or helping the cleaning process, but it does limit the amount of plastic pollution. And all of this information is being used by industrial giants like Procter & Gamble, including Neil Lent, who's a research fellow at Procter & Gamble, part of a way of the appliance industry to try and figure out ways to improve the washing processes and limit the pollution. Because if these are a major source of pollution into our waterways, then we need to make them clean. And of course, all of these companies are looking at putting microfiber filters on the outflow. But actually as well, the process that you choose to wash with, like we heard before, can have surprisingly unintended consequences. So this just goes to show that a simpler process like washing your clothes can actually have a lot of complicated and potentially damaging to the health or the environment consequences. So whenever you do any large scale change, you need to think about all the little things that could contribute to this big picture problem. Microplastics in the ocean, how can we help tackle and reduce it? And there's no one silver bullet, but improving washing machines is a pretty efficient way to go about starting to address that problem. It won't get rid of all of the microplastics in our oceans already, but it will stop us contributing more and more and more as our population grows and more people wash their clothes using a washing machine. This is some great research out of the University of Newcastle that highlights the way that environmental problems can often starting to be addressed even on the personal level in the home. This has been the Young Scientist of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. From cleaning in our washing machines used in hospitals to help save babies' lives, to making sure our oceans are safer and not filled with microplastics by not using the delicate cycle in our washing machine. This week, some great science of washing machines. 
Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.